I started this discussion last week. It's going to be a little bit of a review, but I wanted to discuss it more in detail. Um, lately, there's been a discussion that was generated regarding why we should want Mashiach, or more precisely, do we still need Mashiach? You know, you have people that have problems in life, and for those people, it's very clear why they need Mashiach. Then you have other people that uh, they don't feel they have any problems in life. So uh, what, what does Mashiach mean to them? If you really want to take this question a step further, a person could argue that the Rambam writes, we all know, the Rambam explains when Mashiach comes, it won't necessarily be a change in nature. What's going to be the basic difference between the days of Mashiach and now? Shibud Malchius, we won't be subjugated anymore to the nations, we'll have our own kingdom, our own king, our own independence, and we'll be able to keep Torah Mitzvahs, do Sir David in peace. So a person could argue, today I'm living in the United States of America, I have freedom, I have this, I have that, freedom of expression, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. I don't feel I have any subjugation of government, maybe I have to pay taxes. Or... You can lose it in a second. Yeah. You could lose it in a second. Fine, but the, but the question still stands because the reason why there's, there's, there's a few... Just give me a moment. So a person could say, what do we need, like, based on that understanding, what is the absolute... Now, a person could say, understand that Amram says that we're still missing most of the mitzvahs we don't have in Golos. And we don't have the ultimate level freedom of Mashiach. But what is the urgency? We want Mashiach now. You know, not just we want Mashiach to come at some point. What is the urgency for Mashiach, you know, to come right now? The truth is, I think that there's a little bit of a, there's a different, a few different points here, and one thing is not necessarily. Um, I have to understand each thing on its own. There's really a few different points. First of all, one question is why do we need Mashiach? That's one question. The other question is what is, what is the real reason to want Mashiach? What is the ultimate need for Mashiach? In other words, even if I need Mashiach for my own problems, is that really why I should want Mashiach? That's a separate question. But um, but there's two separate things there. First of all, is understanding what is the right reason to want Mashiach, and the other thing is understanding why we need Mashiach. So, now a lot of people are irked by this question. A lot of people will tell you, <laughs> you know, you're living a life, you have everything you want. What about your next door neighbor, your brother, your sister? They're suffering. You don't care about them, which is a very valid point, obviously. But at the same time, I think the question forces us to realize and understand that. There must be something to Mashiach which is much deeper than just <clears throat> to come and take us away from different problems. Because the person can say, fine. So in other words, you're telling me that why, why do you need Mashiach for? Because this person is suffering, that person is suffering. Okay, fine. So in other words, Mashiach is not coming to enhance my personal life, right? He's just coming to take care of those people's problems. Okay, so I can understand that there's a need for Mashiach. But at the end of the day, is he basically walks away with the understanding that Mashiach really has nothing to do with him. Mashiach is all about fixing other problems that his neighbor, friend, sibling has, which obviously forces us to dig and understand what, what is really is something that is relatable, that everyone could relate to and understand what we need Mashiach for. And the reason why this, this particular discussion is very important is because I discussed in the past a number of times that I'm highlights that the hope and anticipation for Mashiach is part of the belief in Mashiach. 
which means a number of things, which means, you know, believing that he will come, hoping, anticipating. A part of it, obviously, is that a part of hoping and anticipation means that you want it. You know, if you don't want it, it's not going to be, you know, you're not going to, you know, you might not even believe in it, or you might might not be realistic for you. You might, doesn't really, doesn't become a belief that you really live with and hope for and anticipate. If you don't understand, you don't feel what the need for it is in your in your in your life. So the truth is, is there's there's many points over here. Obviously, every person has their own take on this, and there's different uh, different people will tell you different things. I want to focus on. on uh, I'll try to focus on what the sources say, but at the same time, you know, just throw in my own two cents as well. First of all. I mentioned last week, it's important to just understand the very fundamental point. Every Jew, in essence, wants Mashiach, even if he doesn't say so. How do we know that? What's the proof? The proof is when something goes wrong in the world, all of a sudden he says, where's Mashiach? We need Mashiach. Even if it doesn't affect his personal life, where, where is that coming from? Or even if he doesn't say we need Mashiach, somebody that's not from... He doesn't, Mashiach is not uh, part of his vocabulary, but something bad is happening in the world, he can't live with it. Where's that coming from? That obviously comes because deep down every Jew has a hope for a better world. Every Jew, in other words, to put it another way around, a Jew can't make peace with Gaulus. So maybe on a day-to-day situation, he doesn't feel any major problems. So, okay, so he doesn't... Uh, he doesn't, that need, that desire that every Jew inherently has for Mashiach doesn't surface. When a problem comes, so what, what happens is, is that that touches his personal desire for Mashiach. And the other side of the, the same idea, but just expressed in a different way, instead of talking about problems, we could express this idea in a very different way, which is we find when you speak about the content of Mashiach to many Jews, even if they're completely not through them, they get very excited. There's something very deep about the vision of Mashiach, the hope, the dream, whatever you want to call it of Mashiach, that touches even Jews that, you know, they're not excited about putting on film every day, they're not excited about whatever it is, but there's something about Mashiach, this concept of, you know, an ultimate, whatever it might be, however they put it and understand it, that touches them. Why is that? Because every single Jew has a spark, has a, every single Jew has this wish, this desire. Maybe you could argue his most inner desire is for Mashiach. Because it's not expressed, like every single Jew wants to be connected with the Abishter, right? Does he think about it every day? Consciously? Not necessarily. But he wants it, that's his essence. So the belief in Mashiach, the desire for Mashiach, is in the essence of every Jew. It's part of his DNA. It's not something that you have to maybe really be mechadish, renew. Just sometimes it maybe doesn't surface in a regular day-to-day situation, but it's inherently it's there. Rapsadik HaKoyen, one of the... Uh, one of the Talmidim of the Kotzker, the very famous Hasidic rabbi and writer, he just wrote many svarim. So he, he discusses this nekud, he says when Mashiach will come, Mashiach will awaken every, all the Jews, even those that are lost, that are, you know, what other people might label, Pesha Yisrael, the sinners of Israel, are going to be awakened. You know, the second Mashiach comes and, you know, it hits CNN or whatever it is, the whole world is going to change. He won't have to come begging, knocking at people's doors and, and convincing them, you know, Let's move to Eretz Yisrael. Why is that going to be? Because the concept of Mashiach is something which runs very, very deep in a Jew's heart. When Mashiach will come, that, that, that is going to be revealed. It's going to touch them in such a deep way that it's going to transform them. So in other words, we see this idea, the, the will, the desire for Mashiach, every Jew really wants. 
he might not be able to put it into words why he wants it, when he wants it, might not even call it Mashiach, he might call it something else. But this is something which, which every single Jew has. And it's just to start off with the very, it's, it's important you say, it doesn't answer the question, but it's just, it's important to understand this concept that the desire for Mashiach is not necessarily based on a problem that they have, not a problem they have, it's something which runs very deep in Jewish history. It's not just because, yeah, a person can say, listen, for thousands of years the Jewish people were persecuted, so it's more than that. It's, it's even a person doesn't feel the persecution, but he's not happy with the world the way it is, you know, particularly when different negative things happen, he really feels that there's something fundamentally that's wrong with the world around him. And by Frumi, he then expresses himself in something that clamor, tragedy happens, says we need Mashiach, Ad Masai. And not only that, what they're saying is that why didn't Mashiach come until now? Were they thinking about Mashiach yesterday? Was it bothering them? No. <laughs> when something happens, not just we need Mashiach to come now, but like, you know, it's they feel that there's something, the problem that's there is Megala reveals inherent need that was there all, all, all along, that we need Mashiach. That's just one point they wanted to say. Which leads to another point. The other point that Elisa discussed last week, again, this is my own understanding, you could take it or leave it, but I, I think it's, it's, it's important to, to, to I mean, I'll, later I'll say, put it in different words, which does say, but just, it's important also for people to understand, people, everyone has problems, everyone has needs. People say, I don't need Mashiach, there's gonna be a seminar tomorrow, uh, what to do about this crisis or that crisis, the third crisis, the rooms are gonna be packed. So everybody has problems and issues and needs. The only problem that we have is we don't understand sometimes that these problems that we have are part of one major problem. It's not a bunch of small scattered problems, what to do about uh, Shalom Bayes or about Parnassa or about Chinuch or about whatever, you name it, you have it. There's one major problem, Mashiach is not here. Since Mashiach is not here, we suffer all these problems. Uh, the problem is, which is Again, going back to what I said before, sometimes it's very hard for people, the fact that they don't have money or they have issues, whatever it might be, socially, financially, health-wise, it's something they relate to in a very real way. Mashiach sounds like a very abstract, very transcending thing. It's, it's much greater than my problems, which is, that's true, obviously. So they don't understand necessarily that the problem, all these problems are symptoms of a bigger problem. So again, if I should want Mashiach just because I'm having a, a, a personal problem, maybe that's not the ultimate reason to want Mashiach. But if a person would, it's, but definitely explains that we need Mashiach, whatever we need basically equals, if you think about it, Mashiach. Now Mashiach is not, like I will soon discuss, Mashiach's purpose is not just to save us from our personal problems. Mashiach is obviously much deeper. But nevertheless, the symptoms of the problem are right there. All the problems, you, see, you don't have to look very deep. Whatever problems we have at the surface, they're all symptoms of a, of a deeper problem. Sheikh is not here. And the same thing is true in a diff very different point. We'll just throw this in when we're serving the Abishir, right? People think the Mashiach is some, yeah, of course, Mashiach we discussed in the past is the highest level of Avodah, serving the Abishir from the level of the essence of your soul. But where does the essence of the soul express itself? And it expresses itself in small details, in every mitzvah that you do. You shouldn't just do it because of a personal agenda, whether the personal means here, the, the godly soul, the animal soul, the godly soul also has its, so to say, things that it wants on its own, not, it's not in, the, the, in that itself, so this explains that you just want things for the pure sake of Phil Deibish's will, etc., etc. 
But every single mitzvah that we do is part of Mashiach. It's not just that, oh, you know, I need I need to be from, and I have my challenges with my own Yetzirah. I have I have a certain amount of Torah I need to learn, a certain amount of stuff I need to do. There's a list of things that I need to do to fulfill my religious lifestyle. And also, you know, as a dessert, as a cherry on the pie, we need Mashiach. It's not the way around. Everything that we need to do, all the Torah mitzvahs that we have right now is, is, is fundamentally lacking without Mashiach. And everything that we do do is all part of bringing Mashiach. It's not, Mashiach is not something which is separate, transcending, abstract, it's not new to our day-to-day life. Every single aspect of our Torah mitzvahs now is leading to Mashiach. And our job is to fuse it to Our job is that we should feel and connect in every single aspect of our, of our Avodah that we do now, how that's part of bringing the ultimate Mashiach into the world. Every time you give Tzedakah, like someone put it, it's a little Mashiach. Every time you do learn Torah, you're bringing a little Mashiach into the world. You have to feel it, and you have to realize it's part of a bigger picture. It's not just about me and my personal mitzvah that I'm doing, but it's about a global plan of making a dira of, of, of rectifying the world. But getting back, connecting it to what I was, I was saying is, when we have problems in life, all the problems that we have are all symptoms of a bigger problem. So people say, why do we need Mashiach? So my simple answer to them is, you need money, you need, uh, I don't know what they, sometimes, sometimes the attackers think they need things which the attacker don't need. That's a separate discussion. But people have genuine needs. So you need all of that, right? Now just think for a moment, why, why are you lacking these things? Because there's something more fundamental lacking, which is Mashiach. Now, personally, I don't know what that is. You know, the money, I understand what it is. I know how to get it. Mashiach doesn't sound real to me, but it doesn't feel, the more you learn about Mashiach, the more you'll be able to connect the bridge between understanding that you have needs and understanding that those needs are all part of one bigger need. That was the second point. Again, I didn't answer the question. I'm just highlighting another point. Um, the third point that I wanted to say, which is, you know, just my own spin, I was thinking about it, you know, when I heard this question, I just trying to realize what's the problem with the question. <laughs> Sometimes they try to answer the question, they try to, the question itself sounds weird. Somebody was telling me, someone was asking, why does he need Mashiach? Actually, did I saw just a Sikha today? Shabbos Pashas needs self and Tavshin Chavhei. Going back 55, 54 years, uh, 55 years ago. No, um, Parashas Kisavi, 54 years ago, the Rebbe was speaking over there that someone wrote him a letter, not a Lubavitcher chassid, and he asked the Rebbe, he, he wasn't a Lubavitcher, so he actually, they say every day, they say that I need Mamin, Amun HaShleim HaBiyasam Mashiach. So yeah, he said he wants the Rebbe to explain to him why you should want Mashiach. He says he has a job, even has room for, you know, for growth, for advancement in his job. He's able to learn Torah, you know, he doesn't feel like he's missing anything. And at the same time, he says every day that he wants Mashiach. So he wants the Rebbe to explain to him why Shah Mashiach. The Rebbe doesn't say that what he, if he answered the guy's question or not, but the Rebbe was like mentioning how sometimes a person could like, you know, he has this question, why should he want Mashiach? So I was thinking, what's, you know, so just one thing that I was realizing, when a person learns about Mashiach, learns the Rebbe, he gets a perspective, he realizes like this. A hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, there were, you know, I don't know what the average lifespan is. I don't know what the, the you know, how much medical uh, knowledge and know-how they had and, and the comforts of life they had, right? We don't have to elaborate it, the, the, the change in life that happened over such, 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 such a length of time. Now, does people have all the comforts, you know, whatever they think they, they do, they don't. They obviously compared to two hundred years ago, you can't compare. 
So a person can say, why do I need Mashiach now? But hold on one second. Why Taka? Why did Abish just set it up that now you have all these comforts they didn't have back then? The reason is, this is all a preparation to Mashiach, right? The Zayat explains that the famous Zayat, the 600 years, the 6th millennium, right? The gates of wisdom, which is both the secrets of the Torah, Chassidus, and scientific knowledge will be developed in order to prepare the world for Mashiach. That's what the Zayar says. So whatever we have now, it's like a person, like, the way I was thinking about it, my own Muslim person going to the party, there's a major party taking place, place a 10 course of dinner, or whatever it is, each course is better than the other, and he goes in and that before is a preparation of the party, place. There's a smorgasbord, I don't know, there's some type of bar which you could take a pay, get a drink, a small drink. He takes a drink and says, oh, beautiful, now I can go home. <laughs> this is just the beginning. This is just the preparation for the party. If, if you understand the context of what's going on, you understand there's a much bigger picture over here. You can understand whatever comforts you have are, are just, you know, leading up to, to, to a much greater world. Don't be sad, you know, like a person today, let me, if a person today would be told, 10 years ago there was no iPhone or whatever it is, right? So, but a person today, anyone that considers himself a normal human being, would he, would he, be, would he be satisfied saying, listen, I don't need it, you know? Life was fine 10 years ago without it, so I need to have internet, you know? Most people would say that it's a necessity now. What happened? So we, we understand that when we're introduced to a better way of life, all of a sudden that becomes a necessity. So whatever we have now, we're not happy with. When a new iPhone comes out every year, whatever it is, everyone has to right away go buy it. I thought you don't need Mashiach. So you realize you're not, life the way it's now is not good enough. It's good enough compared to earlier, but... You know, you realize that, you know, whatever we have now, the, the, the Medrash says that the peace and, and, and tranquility that a person is able to experience in this world is, is, is hevel, is like nothing compared to the tranquility in the days of Mashiach. So again, it's just another point, you know, of when you learn about Mashiach, you have a totally different perspective of what's going on in the world, you know. You know, and the, instead of being stuck in, in, in a small, looking at things from a person's own personal angle, like, why do I need Mashiach? Like, Mashiach is part of the whole picture. Whatever you have is really, in a certain sense, part of Mashiach, you know? This also answers the question that I started mentioning earlier. But Ambam Rai, so when Mashiach will come, will be free from Shibud Machis, some jugation of nations. The person would say, don't I have that already? First of all, the answer is, we're very far from it still. Even just now, right, we have New York State with, with, with uh, you know, they're trying to mix in to Yuchul so on and so forth, that we still unfortunately have Shibud Malchis. But even the, the, even the freedom of religion that we do have, the only reason why we have that is as a lead up to Mashiach. It's not that this, oh, we have it, okay, game over, we can go, now life is beautiful, no. Whatever we have now is just a taste, just a warm up for Mashiach. So if you understand that what you have now is just, you know, is, is there for a reason and what is, it's part of a much bigger picture, so once you learn about Mashiach and understand that you're able to interpret current events according to the understanding of how it leads to Mashiach, this whole question really disappears because you start understanding where everything that's happening is connected with Mashiach. So it'll be very, very, I don't know, the right, it wouldn't, wouldn't be possible to ask, why do I need Mashiach? If, if you're living with Mashiach, you don't ask the question, why do I need it? But anyway, this was all uh, some drushes. Now, to answer the question, and my humble answer is like this. Uh, one more point I would say, in, uh, another approach that's given 
is people is which is a very good approach although i don't think it's necessarily satisfying for everyone you have people that are successful they're happy but one point is what you could say what do they need mashiach for so you could tell them simple what is your life now what are you living for you have money okay fine is there anything more to your life than the business that you have do you have any special thing that you're contributing to society? Not necessarily. So another aspect, some people like to explain Mashiach from the aspect, which is based on Chassidah and the Rebbe Sichas, how there's the spiritual gallus, there's the exile of the soul, which means, if you put it in very simple terms, that a person is not realizing his potential. A person has unbelievable kachas. He has, every person has something you need to contribute to society, to make a dira b'tachtainim. And if you're just, you know, uh, busy making money the whole day, he might be very wealthy, but he's an egalus or whatever. He's not, he's not, he's not redeemed. He's not expressing himself like a person, you know, it's like a person that has a talent. He's a very big artist, a very big musician, and he can't do it. He's, he might be making millions of dollars. Would he feel happy? He wouldn't feel happy because he's not be able to express what he really wants to do. So every person has something. A person, not, 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 again, the reason why I'm saying not everyone will be satisfied with science is because I don't know if everyone really cares about this or not, but there are people who think about it, they realize it's true. And as I might, I might have whatever I need, but my, my essence, myself, what am I living? Well, what's my life all about? Do I have, am I, do, do, do I, is there any quality, is there any, is there any purpose of my life in simple English? And uh, when Mashiach will come, he'll make your life meaningful. In other words, he'll be Megal, he'll reveal the spark of godliness in every person, every person will live what his life is really meant to be all about. Not just about making money, but to be living for a better purpose, for a higher purpose, for a holier purpose. Um, but anyway, now getting back to the point at hand. I just started discussing this last week, and there's two, there's two main points I want to speak about. This is now, what I'm saying now is based on the sources, more or less. First thing is, why we need Mashiach. And to understand that, I, again, I'll try to answer, until I was discussing the question, I want to try to answer the question, probably won't make everyone happy, but just want to get, I think it's important to have this understanding. What is the essence of Gaulus? People, you know, if you, if you, you know, people discuss what exile is, they'll tell you persecution, pogroms, holocaust. It's all true. But when, the, when, when, when Teda speaks about Gaulus, as Shibud Malchias, as subjugation to kingdoms, right, that's a term Teda uses for it. What does that mean? So yeah, for subjugated to other nations, they made life very difficult for us. They killed us, they slaughtered us, they sold us as slaves, etc., etc., right? We don't have to go through all the horror stories of history. But at the same time, there's something more fundamental here. There were times when the, when the nations didn't, you know, life was pretty good to some degree, but we were still in Gaulus. The point of Shiba Malchius basically means, if I could put it in, 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 in the, the way Chassidus puts it, I mean, it, Mittler Rebbe particularly speaks a lot about this. Those that want to look in the Sefer Teres Chaim, the beginning of Shmois, he speaks about this in the Sefer Derechaim and Akdom. He also speaks about this. He discusses this a number of places. So this discusses the inner true meaning of Shibud Galius really means, take the literal words, you have the yoke of kingdoms. What does it mean, the yoke of kingdoms? Mittler Rebbe like asked, you have to pay taxes. There were times that, you know, the nations of the world didn't subjugate the Jews. So what was the yoke? They had to pay taxes. The IRS was coming knocking at their door for, for, for the nickel, for the dime they left behind. Is that what Shibut Galius is? So the Mitrabe says, the, the good old days when everything was beautiful and dandy, we also pay taxes. Dawad took taxes. Shleimah took taxes. 
That's not what Shibud Machis means. Shibud Machis means you're, you're subjugated. What means you're subjugated? You're subjugated the way he puts it. Again, there's many different levels here, but a very gash mystical level, very physical level, is Parnasa. The worries of, of Parnasa. And I might just, just add a little bit the worries of life in general. Now, the worries of Parnasa means a person simply has worries of Parnasa, but you have rich people, millionaires, billionaires. They can't sleep at night. They're afraid all their money is going to get lost in one second. Or they made a, they, 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 they're they investing their money and they're, they're afraid. Who knows if the investment will work? If they, you know, v'chul, v'chul. And forget about money and everything in life. Life is not easy. Now, we don't look at that as gollus because the conventional understanding of gollus is uh, there's something that's terrible going on. There's a program, a guy is stabbed, a guy is shot, a guy is passed away, so on and so forth. But that's not the essence of Golos. The essence of Golos, this is another symptom of Golos. It's, 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 it's when Golos expresses its ugly head in a, in a much more uglier way. The essence of Golos means we're subjugated, we have a yoke on our neck. When the Eden live in there, now, and what does this mean? And also gives us a very, I think it's a very clear understanding of what Mashiach is, up on a very simple level according to Chassidus. There's two types of yokes. A person has to have a yoke. That's the way a person is. I think it's either he has a yoke of how to make money, of how to deal with his problems in life, or his yoke is a different yoke. Or his yoke is, he wants to serve the Eibishter. He has a yoke of serving the Eibishter. So the Mishnah Pika Yav says, whoever accepts the yoke of Taita, they take off from him the yoke of government, the yoke of making a living. When Eden lived in Eretz Yisrael in the good old days, they also had to work, right? They had to plow the land, but there was no yach, there was no worry, there was no yoke on the head. They saw, they, they saw godliness, they felt Abisha giving them the bracha. They knew if they kept their mitzvah, they'll have what they need. There was no yoke, they, they didn't, they also worked, but there's work and there's a yoke, there's a worry, there's when you're subjugated to something. They weren't subjugated to making money. They weren't subjugated to their, to, to problems. So, Godliness was revealed. They saw the brach of Debesha, so they worked. They worked with their hands, they, they, their, their mind, their heart. It wasn't stuck in working. What happens, on the other hand, when they even sinned? In other words, they told the Ebeshter, we're okay. Plants are growing. The stock market is great. We don't need you anymore. Okay. So what happened? So now, so in the Eden sin, they substituted the yoke of serving the Ebeshter, which is not a yoke, but you can't sleep at night, you know. It's a geschmacke yoch. When we say machusiv rotsam, when godliness was shining, time the base it wasn't hard to serve David. It just it was whether you were interested in this, you were interested in in in, in the klipa. That's a separate discussion. I don't want to go there right now. It's a whole different type of uh, things were a little different then. It wasn't like now that every everything every every step of serving David is much more difficult. But okay, we'll get to discuss this another time. But what happened is is that. When the Eden went into Golos, it means there's a yach. Whatever nature, they're now subjugated. You can call it the yoke of nature, the yoke of making a living, the yoke of nations. The point is they're not under the direct line of the Ebishter. So what happens is they're under another yoke. They're under, the, it's whether you call it, you know, it's the nations, ways of nature, whatever. It is. You're not getting your, you're not directly connected with Ebishter and getting your sustenance from him. And you're subjugated to something else. So this is, this is, Really, what Shibud Malchis, the yoke of kingdoms, really in essence, that's what it is. So that is why. We, what is Mashiach? We discussed this in the past. We said we're coming out from Russia. And what, did we, what, what, what is Mashiach going to bring to the world? Mashiach will bring God's kingdom into the world. What is Mashiach? 
What is the epitome of Mashiach in his own Avodah Hashem? Is Kabbalah soil. Right? Mashiach will save the world. What is Mashiach? Mashiach means serving Mashiach. David HaMalach and Mashiach, the level Chassidus calls Fidus HaMachos, particularly Mashiach, his, what he's going to excel is not, yeah, Mashiach will teach us the deepest secrets of the title, have the greatest Geshmak, the greatest, you know, pleasure of the greatest secrets of the title. Mashiach is not going to be an intellectual. The epitome of Mashiach will be serving the Abish with complete faith, with complete Kabbalah so, complete subjugation to the Abish then. This is also what Yerushalayim is, right? The hallmark of Golos is that Yerushalayim is destroyed. The base of the is, what's Yerushalayim? Yerushalayim is Yerushalayim, right? It comes in two words, fear, complete fear of heaven. So in other words, there's many levels of Mashiach, obviously. I'm, I'm not trying to, but, but in other words, on a fundamental level, Mashiach is the king. He'll bring the kingdom of Hashem to the world, and through that he'll save the world. Why? Because when we're going to be subjugated to the Ebeshter, Again, subjugation, the Abish is a very healthy, normal thing for a Jew, and it's not a, it's a very, it's a very deep relationship. It's not something that uh, makes him that he can't sleep at night. Automatically, the Yoch, the Shibud Malchius, is over. So the Fidik Rebbe goes on, he actually explains very interestingly, for example, he has in his Akhtam, he says, you have people that serve the Abish there, but they serve the Abish based on understanding. Yeah, they understand, they don't consider this. And then you have people that serve Debisha with plain Kabbalah, pure Kabbalah. So. so he says there's a difference in the Parnassah that they get from Debisha exactly the same way. Because the person that serves Debisha based on his understanding, based on his, his calculations, the way Debisha gives him Parnassah is also he has to go on business and make calculations and check every stock and every average of the stock and which business works, which business. He has to use his brain to figure out which business deals to invest. The same way he's serving the Ebeshu with his brain, so his yach also is, whatever you want to quote, the way he gets his parnas is also he has to put his brain and figure out a person serves the Ebeshu with playing Kabbalah soil. Again, this Avvitik Mitra himself explained, doesn't always work in every single case, but he's just bringing an idea of the way things technically should be or are in some level. Some serves the Ebeshu with playing Kabbalah soil and playing Bitoch, and the gives him. His parnas without him having to have to sit and make pulpulum and figure out what's better, what's worse, which business adventure is better than that, and so on and so forth. As much as he subjugated the Eibushter, in the same level, that's how his sustenance comes. So the oil, the, the oil malchis, the yoke of life. And again, I want to have. I'm not just talking about making money. Just people could have billions of dollars in the bank account. They still have shibud malchis because they're, they're they're stuck. They they can't sleep at night. At the end of the day. So, or they, they, if they, they, don't, they don't have a problem with money, there's other things. There's the yoke of life, there's the ways of nature that we're subjugated to. This is the essence of Golos. Now, things have been very, become much easier. We have much many more comforts. This aspect of Golos changed. Not at all. You know, we're not living in the shtetl, where the only way you get where you have to schlep backbreaking labor to make your 20 cupcakes to buy, to buy some bread for your children. But that shibut is still around. Every person is suffering from that shibut. So if you understand that this is the hallmark of Golos, first of all, it helps us understand why we need Mashiach. I don't know if there are too many people, if there are enough, if there are, if there are any people that don't have this problem, Baruch Hashem, but I don't think there's anyone that's completely free from this issue. So this explains why we need Mashiach. And also, I think if you think about it, again, it's a very deep, very elaborate sugi and chassidus, and the same thing really, even the Torah that we learn, even the service of Hashem that we do is all, we have to work so hard to understand pshat and Torah, we have to work so hard to, 
to be able to elevate ourselves a little bit, advance a little bit in serving Hashem. This is all part of an, a deeper level, a more of a spiritual level of what the Shibut Malchis, the yoke of kingdoms are. So it also gives us an understanding of what Mashiach is and how Mashiach will take away the problems. Because again, all the problems, there's, there's one, they're all symptoms from one, from one basic point. The symptom is, they're all symptoms. The problem is that when, the, when, when there's no yach, when there's no, when Abish is not your king, you have other things. In other words, it's either, the, it's either you're worried about the Abish that wants or you're worried about what your next door neighbor told you yesterday, what's going on in your business. It, it's, it's a trade-off, in other words. So it's either you have, you accept upon yourself il In other words, you connect it with the Eibishter and you and, and, and then you see how everything comes from the Eibishter, like what people Mashiach will come. Or, you know, etc. etc. So, so, um, so, yeah, whatever. I mean, I could elaborate. On, I mean, again, the Mitzvah discusses this at length in, 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 in various places. It's, it's, it's a common theme in, in his Maimarim. I think this helps understand a little bit you know, making Mashiach very late, relatable and also understanding of why Mashiach takes care of the problems because all these problems, you know, are, are coming. He, he also elaborates upon upon the concept of when people do Avedis, right? This is this is really the whole Derech. I mean, this is in the quote of the foundation of Derech Haim. People do sins. The problem is not the sins that they're doing. I mean, obviously, the Avedis had... The, the, the problem really is a person did an Avedis, so what is he going to do? to look for a tikkun and try to correct it. He said, when a person did a sin, the real problem is, why did he sin? Because he doesn't accept, he doesn't have Kabbalah, he doesn't have Kabbalah sale. He has what's called Prika, so he doesn't have that feeling that he has to do what Ebrishter wants. He's afraid of rebelling against Hashem. The sin is an, is an expression, is a symptom. He doesn't have Kabbalah sale, Machel Shemaim. He has Prika sale, he'll do whatever he wants. When a person is doing Tshuva, this is really the point of the Rechaim, the Tshuva is not for that Veda that he did. Yeah, that fine. That he has to take care of as well. But he really has to do tshuva is a deeper thing. He has to really want that they want to accept Abishad as his king. Automatically, if you accept Abishad as your king, you won't do Avedas. So, in other words, he's, he's, this is the point of discussing understanding. He has there's, to kick off the uh, Yitzhar. Huh? He has to kick off his Yitzhar. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so in other words, he's explaining. This is also what he's explaining is the idea when there's, when, in other words, the essence of serving the Abish is not about doing a checklist. It's about you have a relation, relationship with Abish that he's your king. You 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 want you you you're afraid of going against what he says. You feel he's, he's doesn't doesn't mean a fear of punishment, but there's and you you accept his yoke upon yourself, and this is what Mashiach stands for. As a result, you'll keep, a person has that kabbalah do mitzvahs. As a result, he won't have another oil on his head. He won't have the other whatever. Fine. Now, this all, this is just, I think, one very fundamental point which helps us understand how Mashiach is relatable in Tavshin Pei in 2019. Um, at the same time, I just want to finish off, it's getting late, I just want to finish off what, what, a few sikhs of the Rebbe. Now, at the end of the day is, there's still a few points that have to be discussed. First of all, like I mentioned before, there's why we need Mashiach and what's the ultimate reason of wanting Mashiach. So the Rebbe has a whole sikha you could look in Shabbos Pasha Seik of Chafav Tavshinud Gimel, very interesting sicha actually, just learned it before. The Rebbe explains, uh, <laughs> the Rebbe said, the Rambam said that the prophets and the scholars they don't want Mashiach for physical pleasures, right? They wanted Mashiach to be able to sit and learn Torah in peace. So the Rebbe says, doesn't, 
yeah, I have her two conscious. You have wanting Mashiach for pleasures, which means to eat, to drink. What's the opposite of that? She will learn to eat in peace. I mean, it sounds two opposites, like, whatever, whatever. The Rebbe explains a very deep thing. The Rebbe says, what does this mean? The Rebbe says, everyone wants Mashiach. Some people want Mashiach for spiritual problems. Some people want Mashiach for physical problems. The Rebbe says, the real reason you should want Mashiach is because David should want to have a deal with and the Rebbe explained, this is what says the Mashiach doesn't come only behesach hadas. Behesach hadas literally means you're not thinking about it, but das means connection. The Rebbe says a person, shouldn't want Mashiach, a person wants Mashiach because what he wants, that's das. That's he feels the need for something. The ultimate way, in order to bring Mashiach, a person has to forget about himself. He has to want it because that's what David wants. So the Rebbe said, this is what the Rambam says. The Rambam says the Chachamim wanted Mashiach. Not because they were waiting for the tide of Mashiach to come in order to redeem them from their troubles, from their struggles, from their challenges. They wanted Mashiach for the sake of, of learning Taita for this for its own sake, for the sake of just serving the Abishif. So the Rebbe says, how is it possible for us to reach this level? You know, that person is really suffering, that he should really feel he doesn't want. The Rebbe was talking about people leaving. He was talking about it was communist Russia in those days, you know? Uh, in Tavshin and Gimel 1953, the Rebbe said, the Sikh was speaking about people that were really suffering. So how could a person reach a level who shouldn't want Mashiach for his own suffering? So the Rebbe says, the Rebbe explained it, that he should really emotionally not want Mashiach for that reason we can't reach that level. But at least in our mind, it brings to the word of the Rebbe that Mashiach will take away our heart of stone, not the mind of stone. That we should feel it, we can't feel it now. But we should at least try mentally to reach a state as much as we can to focus on not wanting Mashiach for our own needs, but wanting Mashiach to make a little bit What's Pshat and the Sikh? I just finished explaining how we all need Mashiach for our own problems. So why shouldn't sh shouldn't we want Mashiach for our own problems? I, I, mean, I, I mean, this is a common theme that's discussed in many places. I assume the point is, we all, from one hand, it's important for us to understand we need Mashiach. On the other hand, we have to understand there's something much deeper to Mashiach. It's not at the end of the day about Mashiach. is like the story with the, with the Jew that came home and told his wife that the rabbi spoke about Mashiach in the shul, right? So his wife said, what's Mashiach? That he said, you know, the Kazakhs were coming, making programs. Mashiach will take us from ourselves, save us from the Kazakhs. So his wife said, why doesn't Mashiach take the Kazakhs there to Israel and let us live here? Why don't we have to relocate? So the husband thinks for a minute and he says, you know, the same Abisha that saved us from Padre and from Haman, he will save us from Mashiach. The famous, uh, I don't think the joke came from uh, real God of Israel, but yeah, it's a famous joke out there. What's the point of the story? The moral of the story is that if people want Mashiach to solve their problems, the solve essence of Mashiach is he'll also solve the problems. Automatically that will, will solve the problems. But the essence of Mashiach is something much greater. So if you want Mashiach just for your own problems, you're still gonna be stuck with, you know, you're not you're not you're not you're not getting the point. Um it also I'm finishing in two minutes. It also helps us understand the urgency for Mashiach. People say we want Mashiach now. A person say, fine, I understand that I need Mashiach. But listen, right now, okay, I have, I have to work hard for a living. Okay, I understand. But, you know, I don't feel the urgency. I need Mashiach right now. So if we want Mashiach for our own problems, I don't know if every Jew, person that's Rahman Muslim suffering, he understands why we need Mashiach now. person that's not suffering, why should he feel the urge to need Mashiach now? So the Rebbe once spoke about this, how to explain to a kid. The Rebbe spoke to Bishatoshim and Malov. He explained to a kid that we want Mashiach now. Why should the kid want Mashiach now? You know, so the Rebbe said, you have to explain to the kid that the Abishir is in Golos. That all the Nishamas of all the Yidin are in Golos. Even, 
even those neshamas that lived during the time of the Beis Hamikdash and never saw the destruction are also in Galos. Because when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, all the neshamas were not put into exile. So all the malachim, whatever he explains, that David has millions, infinite amount of malachim. You, one second in Galos doubled by every single neshama, by every so. Every single malach by David himself, you can't imagine what one extra second of gula means. So the urgency why we shouldn't shech for ourselves, maybe we don't understand. Understand the Abishas and Galas when there's a bigger picture here, we'll understand the urgency for Mashiach now. And then we'll just finish off with the word of Atatzava, right? The Rebbe says, which is getting back to what I started off with, that even when the Yid has everything that he wants, Begashus and Bruchnis, he's still crushed. Why is he still crushed? Because he wants, he desires godliness. So, and this is, I have to explain, this reveals the atom of his nisham. Now, uh, people always say, oh, this is very high levels, you know. <laughs> but uh, it, it's a very simple point, <laughs> if you think about it. At the end of the day, no one is happy. You know, just think about it in simple terms. People have, why are they not happy? Maybe they don't know how to connect it, but they're not happy because the nisham is unhappy. Why is the Nisham unhappy? Because we're in Galus, we're in the spiritual Galus. So this point, in other words, when a person takes whatever he wants, Begashi Sabaruchi, in a certain sense, that's when the real desire for Mashiach could come. If a person wants Mashiach because of his problems, then it's, it's a very easy way to want Mashiach. But on the other hand, he's not he's not accessing the 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 you know the 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 neshama needs for Mashiach. When a person has whatever he wants, begashes and bruchnis, and he's still unhappy, this is an expression of the neshama that despite that it has whatever it needs, it's still unhappy until the Ebrish is revealed. And again, it sounds like very high levels, but at the end of the day, I think it's a very, you know, it's, it's a very relatable thing, because at the end of the day, no one is happy. No one could say that he's, you know, what, he, he might not, it's, you know, it's like the story that I always say with, the Balagola that woke up nine o'clock in the morning and he took a, he took a cup of ninety six percent, and whichever was whichever that was, it was explaining to he says why did the Balagola take this take this cup of mashkol? So he says his neshama just heard Lamaila voice, you know, every day you know there's there's messages, there's pop ups, good ones that are coming from above, awakening the neshama. So the person he felt the pull, he didn't know what he wants. He thought what he wants is the alcohol. But people are not happy. Some guy will, some somebody will take, feel the need to take drugs to suppress what's bothering him. This guy thinks that he wants more money. But if we try to focus and learn about Mashiach and understand what our real need and what our real desire is. That's revealing the spark of Mashiach that's within us. And again, I think the real answer to the question is you really have to learn about Mashiach on a steady basis because. You have to connect the ultimate desire that every Jew has and bringing out an actuality. It only comes really through learning about it and thinking about it and so on and so forth. Anyway, the Iker is that Mashiach, like the Rebbe, the Finisher, the Rebbe had this question much more than us. The Rebbe's question is not why we need Mashiach, <laughs> but uh, you know, why Mashiach didn't come yet. You know, the Rebbe, he, so when Mashiach will come, we'll take him, we'll understand why we need him. or. If we need him or not, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll take care of all the problems. Yeah. Have a good night. 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 Good